Hey, it's Jess DeMassa. Thanks for listening to this episode of WTF Health. All this talk about the future of health is brought to you in part by our sponsors, Transparent, OneDrop, Wheel, Pfizer, Vita Health, Newtopia, 120 over 80 marketing and Bayer G4A. And don't forget, if you want to check out the video version of this interview, head on over to my YouTube channel. That's at youtube.com slash WTF health. Hey everybody, it's Jessica DeMassa with WTF Health. What's the future health? I'm talking to the who's who of health tech and healthcare innovation. And today, holy cow, a guy with a lot of great news to kick off 2022. This is Peter Hames. He is the CEO of Big Health. He just closed a $75 million Series C round from SoftBank. And if that's not enough, landed former FDA Deputy Commissioner, Dr. Anand Shah on his board of directors. Peter, holy cow. <laughs> Exciting times. Exciting I times. should say so. Congratulations <laughs> on all these moves here. I want to pick your brain about what all of this means, not only for big health, but also for the digital therapeutic space, which I know a lot of people are keeping their eye on. And you guys are a mental health digital therapeutic. So this is even like the more under the microscope section of this category. But I want to start, I think the place to start has to be that soft bank money. I mean, I see soft bank money and I think this is going to be a big round and it is. I see soft bank money and I'm like, whatever market this is in, going to be scalable because soft bank does not do little things, right? And I also start to think, you know, number three, IPO. So we are going to get into all that. But like, first off, I mean, just talk to me about this deal with soft bank. What do you think it was that attracted them to you, big health in this really crowded mental health space, this DTX mental health today specifically. I mean, you guys are very different from the other people. I should I should just say that right off the bat. I mean, you guys focus on anxiety, focus on sleep. So very common mental health concerns that a lot of the population is suffering from these days. You guys, and you do it in a way that is not only very clinically validated, like you guys are dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's, but you're also very tech forward. So like mm-hmm. as much as you can push into the technology, the AI and machine learning, you're doing it. So what do you think, you know, attracted SoftBank to you, particularly in that context? Yeah, no, as you said, well, first of all, incredibly exciting uh, and an honor for us to have SoftBank as partners in this round you know, one of the leading investors in the world. And as you say, like, I think it highlights a couple of things, like first of which is quite how enormous the mental health market is and is going to be in the future. You know, the need is is unquestionable. Um, You know, our mission at Big Health is to help millions back to good mental health. You know, we view the primary challenge in mental health as being access and like scale. And as you say, that really has informed our approach. I, I, I like to think is pretty unique, which is pairing you know, this very rigorous evidence-based digital therapeutic approach, no humans, no coaches, no psychologists, just pure software, Um, but delivering it in a way, knowing that it is safe and effective, that means that we can make mental health care radically more equitable. The, you know, we can be reimbursed for those therapeutics by these novel mechanisms through the PBM, but there's no prescription required. There's no barriers in the way for individuals who need care to be able to access it. All right, so SoftBank has, like, you're not their first digital mental health investment. In fact, you're not even their first DTX investment in the mental health space. So, I mean, they've got Cerebral, they're in there, which is, like, full service, the whole care delivery, very people-heavy, right? LME, they have, which is peds focus. And the one that I feel like everybody's going to be comparing to you is, like, 
what is this thing? They SoftBank is in pair. I mean, they led pair series D right before that company IPO'd, SPAC IPO earlier last or at the end of last year. So, I mean, like, how, how, what, what should we make about the fact that SoftBank sees room in their portfolio for both big health and pair? So I think, you know, for me, the first thing I take from that is quite how big the opportunity is. You know, I have no doubt that in the next three to five years, we will see multiple companies being built of the size and scale of Big Pharma. You know, the, we have solutions and products that are more scalable than medications, as effective, if not more effective, and definitely safer in many cases. And so all of the ingredients are there to build like very, very big businesses and an absolutely enormous industry. Secondly, you know, because it's so big, like it doesn't just like afford, it requires a real diversity of approaches. Like this is such a big problem. It needs, there's no one answer to it. And so I think that SoftBank's approach kind of highlights that, right? Like that this is an incredibly diverse problem that requires a whole array of different solutions. And I, you know, for me, I would actually say that my experience of, of the dialogue with SoftBank shows that because of those investments, I think they have a very sophisticated uh, and enlightened perspective on that market. And so what I was mentioning just before, which is, you know, we're very unique in being able to pair these ve this very highly validated commercial model via the PBMs that has been scaling incredibly well, but with this approach whereby we're prioritizing access, you know, that we're not disintermediated by the prescriber. And that I think SoftBank have really keyed into as being a very unique and very attractive model in the context of, of their experience and their previous investments. Okay, I would imagine so. I mean, like, and I think too, I mean, pair, like I always put them more in that substance abuse disorder space, which is a very, I mean, they do have an, an like an FDA approved insomnia thing that I've never heard of, but I do put them more into that other, that clinical um, substance abuse disorder type space. And so, I mean, I feel like, to, I mean, to me, both on the, on the, what types of therapies that you provide and also the way you're providing it. So, I mean, interesting yeah. that they've added you on in there, I think. I want to dig in on the, so, uh, the other thing that's a feature of those, uh, that SoftBank money as it, as it's, you know, put into a company, a lot of times the signals, you know, the pathway to an IPO. I mean, I mentioned pair, they, SoftBank led their D. Next thing you know, they're publicly traded. They've got eight other companies in their health tech portfolio alone that are publicly traded. So what do we think about that for big health? Is that where you guys are headed? It's the date of our IPO. No, joking. <laughs> One day no, somebody's going to say yes to me and I'm going to freak out. <laughs> no. So like, like in, in joking aside, like the, no, in, like in, I can say like hand on heart, like the, the big health board leadership is completely focused on our mission to help millions back to good mental health like no asterisk no small print like fine print that is the north star that every decision in the business gets made behind and so you know this funding is it gets us that next leg of that journey and so like uh, so essentially like we're going to just focus on growth <laughs> uh, and focus on you know continuing the momentum that we've built today uh, and you will yeah I'll have to keep watching the space. Okay, well, no, but tell me a little bit about the funding. Let's get into that. I mean, so it's like, I feel like I just talked to you when you guys closed your 39 million Series B, but it's actually, it was in June of 2020. Yeah. And like, here you are now, like total funding near like 130, just shy of 130 million. So I mean, like, what's the money for now? I mean, you said scaling, but can you give us a little bit more than that, please? <laughs> totally. Yeah, no, of course. And I think like, you know, we have spent a number of years, like, uh, I feel like very intentionally building the foundations of what we see as being like the future model 
of a big piece of digital therapeutics, particularly in mental health. And so okay. the clinical evidence, like a big piece has been, you know, these commercial rails, you know, working out how we can bill via the PBM alongside all the other therapeutics, um, you know, and, you know, of course the products necessary to deliver that, those, those outcomes and those uh, benefits for members and for payers. Um, and so, yeah, this capital is really about just accelerating on a whole array of those different vectors. So it means like scaling that commercial model, like in the US and internationally. So, you know, the, we've had this great traction with the NHS in Scotland, um, expanding the product platform. So we've invested heavily in technology, which allows us now to add, you know, new therapeutics, you know, uh, very rapidly, you know, looking to launch six new digital therapeutics by 2024. 16? Um, six. One, six, six. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> It'll be 16. Six. Okay. Definitely <laughs> six. Um, and, you know, and so, you know, in combination, you know, and of course, like continuing to drive that very strong research pipeline. So, you know, we've always, I believe, led the industry in that respect, you know, over 60 peer reviewed publications, you know, on our actual products, you know, as a result, we're in the clinical guidelines. And so really just like putting more fuel on that fire. And, you know, I want to see that that evidence base grow exponentially from here. The six new therapeutic areas. Can you give us any foreshadowing of what we might what we might expect or no well probably not at this stage um but yes but the focus is going to but they're coming which is exciting they're coming and it's going to be we're going to be very much again the sort of lens through which you know we will continue to look is it's about scale of access it's about maximizing like i say increasing equity in mental health um and you know as a result focusing on the you know the the problems that are faced by you know the most people I, I want to tease you that part of this funding is going to Anand Shah's board fee, but I feel like it might be well worth it. So let's talk about that for a minute, because I think this is like, this is a really interesting, like follow on announcement to the fundraise, because like taken together, these two things indicate a lot about, I think, where this whole digital therapeutics market is headed broadly and then specifically in mental health care as well. I want to hear about, I mean, former deputy commissioner at the FDA, like, We'll talk about a, I mean, not so secret, secret weapon. I mean, he's going to be able to give you, I mean, one would imagine some really great insight on what the FDA is thinking from a regulatory perspective and DTX moving forward. I mean, is that the reason? Like, I mean, what competitive advantage do you guys see in having Anand at the table? So, uh, yeah, I mean, Anand, as you say, is is uh, a real star. And we've been, I've been very grateful that we've been working with him for a while as an advisor, you know, and seeking his counsel. In addition to his amazing resume at the FDA, he also, you know, worked at CMS previously, and so has this amazing perspective across, you know, both of those really important entities in the overall uh, ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, I think it speaks to, you know, point one, like his endorsement of our approach, and you know, I think Anand can see, and I think it, it speaks to the way the, the overall industry will go. Like, I think that with any new therapeutic technology, like through history. Um, it's, you know, the success comes from reinventing the value chain around the unique benefits and constraints of that technology. And I think that what we're going to continue to see is, you know, a, a more and more nuance around different regulatory pathways, different distribution models, where the key question is not like, does it fit into this category or that category? It's like, is this approach fit for purpose? You know, and I think that, you know, what Anand has been able to see is, is that given our, like, you know, market-leading clinical evidence that, you know, our more nuanced approach to regulatory is the right approach, given the problem that we're trying to solve. 
I want to drill into that a little bit, because especially as you're talking about value chain and like we're talking about regulatory environment, pathway to market. You know, I'm curious to hear what you think is going to come ahead, because I think this year is going to be a big year in digital therapeutics in this space. Like I'm watching this very closely. I'd love to hear your perspective, but it's like, I mean, you've got like the two competing models, right? So you've got a, a, some digital therapeutics companies that may even be in the same portfolio as you that are prescription driven, right? That are, are that require a prescription in order to be distributed. And then you guys have a very flexible distribution model. And I think even beyond that, I mean, like there are a lot of pharma companies that are in this DTX space and they're pushing for the prescription model because they're like, we understand this. We understand this pathway to market. How does that get overcome for, more, for, for somebody that's got more of a flexible distribution model, not sacrificing any of the cl clinical quality or anything there, but just opting to not be prescribed? Um, you know, what do you think is going to happen in that space? And I mean, how, how is this going to net out this year? And then where do you see this headed in the long term? I really feel like this year is going to be just pivotal in this space. Yeah, I think the next, next 24 months are going to be like where this industry is formed, you know, and, and why... I think, you know, I believe that we're in a really strong position to play a really meaningful role in, in the shaping of that industry. Yeah, so like we're seeing these different approaches emerge, right? And I think, just to reiterate, I don't think there's one answer, right? Like it's all right. a case of like, given a particular patient group, given, you know, the uh, problem that you're trying to solve, then what is the right approach? In the categories that we operate, my view has just been like, like I don't, we know that these solutions are safe, these therapeutics are safe, like really safe. And we know that they're super effective. Like it's 60 plus clinical papers now showing that. Like why in a set of you know, disease states where the main issue is access, where like 40% of the adult population is suffering at a clinical level from these issues, why would we force this you know, through a prescriber? That's just yeah. my view. And you know, to be clear, like our therapeutics can be, can be referred by physicians. There's nothing, nothing stopping a doctor from referring people to our solutions. They're doing that in the UK through the NHS at a very significant scale. But the key approach, you know, the key element of our approach is not being restricted to only prescription. So you'd have to ask, you know, the companies that have elected that, that, that pathway. Oh, don't worry, I will. Of it. <laughs> but like for me, it's, it's, it's very first principles mindset um, of just, you know, tackling the, the, the problem in the best way possible. All right, so you guys have some really solid ways to market, and I want to ask about two of the marquee partnerships that I know about. So give me an update on what's going on in Scotland. So you guys rolled out, like, countrywide in Scotland via the NHS. How's it going? Yeah, it's going great. So this is obviously, um, yeah, we obviously announced this last year that we, you know, digit our digital therapeutics have become the first digital therapeutics globally to be reimbursed across the whole country in Scotland via the NHS. Uh, which is pretty great. Um, and my co-founder is Scottish. She's particularly excited about that. Um, and, you know, it's allowed us to really pioneer um, that whole model, like to think, think, think at national scale to demonstrate the incredible scalability of our approach. So, you know, working with PCPs, like working with primary care docs to help support them in referring slash prescribing into our solutions but also, you know, approaching it in different ways, like using public health communications, you know, to alert people who otherwise maybe wouldn't have presented to care to be able to access the care that we know that will make them better. And so, yeah, so it's, it's going great. We hope to be able to like, uh, you know, provide, you know, uh, more results from that in, in short order, but so far very positive and it's a great partnership. 
All right, we can't wait to hear the outcomes. I'm sure you guys are tracking everything. I know it's like it's early days in this still, but I'm like I'm very interested to hear how this goes because that is a big population of people. I mean, that's that's super exciting to me. The other marquee partnership I remember is CVS Health. So what's going on there? I mean, this is like a this is a longer relationship. So give us an give us an update on CVS. How that how's that going? Yeah. Again, a really key partnership for us and like very grateful uh, to you know, continue to deepen that partnership. And the thing that has always been really uh, striking to me about CVS is just the array of different assets that they have, you know, from the physical stores, you know, through to Aetna, through to like the PBM. Like, yeah. And so it creates like a really, uh, you know, unique set of opportunities in terms of developing care models and how you can, you know, and how you can really innovate, like in the way in which care is delivered. So yeah, so you know the, the core of what we're doing with CVS, as I've already mentioned, is this ability to be billed and administrated like, like a drug through the PBM, you know, billing via pharmacy claims. Uh, and so we're seeing you know, really exceptional growth there you know, in, in terms of coverage that we can drive like through employers, um, increasingly in dialogue you know, with health plans um, to look to see how we can continue to grow the populations of people that, that we're able to provide care to. But then, yeah, increasingly, and again, watch this space, but novel methods of us being able to reach individuals in need very, very efficiently. Ooh, I like yeah. that. <laughs> Little tease there. We'll have to, yeah, see what the, see what the tarot cards say <laughs> later on that one. All right. <laughs> I think the last big question I have for you, Peter, and I think this is probably going to be like the question of the year in, in the digital mental health space or and possibly even in the digital therapeutic space but more in the digital mental health space is that there is so much money out there that that has been invested into a lot of companies over the last two years and it's like we're starting to see these models build out for some of these digital mental health companies that are going like end-to-end full service i mean the one that comes to mind is headspace health which was the combination of you know mindfulness consumer focused app headspace with ginger which was more of a virtual care coaching like therapy type of driven business and those two merged and now they're providing this whole end-to-end scale they even actually acquired a company that reminded me like a baby version of of what you guys have going on it's called samara and they, they have uh, an anxiety and a sleep i mean the seed funded nothing to worry about but still you know as as companies like that alira health or even cerebral which is in softbank's mm-hmm. portfolio and i mentioned earlier as they start to look and they're funded where they can acquire and they start to build out these business models that go end to end what does that do for you as big health? Do you start selling to those guys? Like, don't acquire it, just use us. Like, what does this do to your model and, and how you guys grow and remain competitive in the future? Yeah, I think I think it's a very, very exciting moment <laughs> all around. This is one of the ways in which it's exciting. Um, you know, before our eyes, we're seeing like the next generation of, of, of mainstream healthcare be formed, and particularly uh-huh. mental health care. My, you know, in that context, I think, you know, the term that I always say banded around is point solution. Like, well, in this context of all this consolidation, like how can like point solutions thrive? All drugs are point solutions. Like every drug is, a, every medication is a point solution. And so, you know- And they've done pretty well, right, Peter? They've done, they've done <laughs> the drugs well. have done pretty well. <laughs> the drugs have done pretty well. And I think that, so that's the best analogy I can draw, which is to say, um, I think we'll continue to see a lot of consolidation the really big opportunity for us at Big Health is striving to build that digital pharma, you know, and of course it will look like today's pharma in certain ways. And we, I, I learn with great humility from what has been successful, 
but it will look very different in others. You know, the thing that it will have in common is just scale. You know, so compared, you know, a lot of uh, you know these newer mental health companies are making great strides in terms of coverage. But you look at CVS as the number one PBM. Just CVS alone administrates the drugs for a hundred million Americans. You know, so the scale of the existing infrastructure around, you know, around pharmacotherapy, which I think we're striving to, and we have great track record in now finding pathways through, again, maps so well to our mission to help millions back to good mental health that that remains kind of the North Star and the default for us is to continue to, to grow uh, to a size and scale to challenge big sections of big pharma. So exciting. I can't believe like in the last like, like three or four years, just like how both mental health and digital therapeutics have just separately evolved. And then like to be able to talk to you where that intersection is, I think it's just so exciting. I mean, that's like the most promising space in that Venn diagram, I think. <laughs> totally. Love it. I really do. Well, congratulations again on your huge news. I mean, like what, a week of news here. What are you going to do for us next week? So help me God, if it's the IPO announcement, I'm going to be very, <laughs> very upset. <laughs> No comment. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just in case, it twitched a little. <laughs> Thanks so much, Peter. This is big enough news, and we we very much appreciate you stopping by to walk us through all of it and what it really means, especially at the top of this this year, which is going to be a big year in in all of these spaces, like we said. And so it's exciting to hear your perspective and also get a little bit of that inside scoop on you know why SoftBank decided to go with Big Health. That's super exciting. So thank you. Thank you so much, Jess. A pleasure. All right. Congratulations one last time to this guy, Peter Hames. He's the CEO of Big Health. Their apps that are out there are Daylight and Sleepio. Check those out. And to check out more interviews with the who's who of health tech as they are changing the way that we do healthcare, please check out my YouTube channel over there at youtube.com slash WTF health, or you can go to WTF.health, which is my website, and sign up for my email newsletter, and I will send those interviews right into your inbox. I'm Jessica DeMassa. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye. Hey, it's Jess. If you're looking for more news on what's going on in health tech, I've got another show airing on this channel called Health Tech Deals. In this one, famous healthcare curmudgeon Matthew Holt joins me twice a week to weigh in on the biggest funding deals, M&A activity, and exits in health tech. Just look for episodes labeled Health Tech Deals.